Hey, we are so glad that you're here today. We're beginning a brand new series called Wiser. And I just want to call your attention in your program. You should have received a little card that looks like this. And uh, it's uh, a card for you to invite someone next week. Uh, Throughout this whole series, we're going to talk about how we become wiser in our actions. And everybody wants to do that. Like all of your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors, none of them want to play the fool forever, right? So this would be a chance for you to give them some wisdom. Um, And so I'd encourage you to go ahead and to uh, invite uh, someone and to use that card. You know, each day you and I come to multiple crossroads. And when we come to a crossroad, we generally have two choices that we can make. A wise choice and a foolish choice. Now, to be honest, uh, Chris Bunch has a Rolodex of bad, foolish choices. I mean, there are tons that I could go through my life and uh, express. But probably the granddaddy of them all uh, dealt with a ladder that uh, we have here today to kind of keep you connected the whole time. Uh, When Jennifer and I first moved here to Muncie, I had to paint our house. And I was painting it and got all of it done except... On the two far ends, there was these high peaks, and this ladder uh, was not tall enough for me to reach it. And so I knew what I needed was an extension ladder. And so I went ahead and I called uh, a friend of mine who lived in Anderson, and I asked them, hey, can I, can I borrow your ladder? And they said, yeah, no problem. You can, you can borrow it. Now, there was only one problem. I didn't have a vehicle to take that large size ladder uh, with me. So I needed to find someone who had a pickup truck. So I called uh, my wife's cousin, Steve, who lives here in Muncie. And I told him kind of the situation, what was going on, and asked him if he could go help me to pick up this ladder. And he said, yeah, it's, it's no problem, but I, I can't do it until tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And I said, well, that's really not going to work because I want to get all the painting done. And so I'll just go get this ladder myself in my car. To which he said, dude, have you ever seen how big an extension ladder is? Translated, you're clueless, aren't you? And I said, well, yes, I, I've seen an extension ladder and how big it is. And, and I think I can figure it out. And I wanted to tell him this. I wanted to add on the end of that. I'm smarter than you, Steve-O. But Steve-O's about six foot four, 320 pounds at the time. And he's kind of intimidating. I knew he would squash me with that kind of thing, so I didn't say anything. But the next morning, I got up, and I was headed to Anderson, 
and I was going to pick up this ladder with this car. A 1981 Buick Skylark. So I pulled up to my friend's uh, driveway, and the seats in the back of this car, you could pull them down and you could slide something. And I thought to myself, I could just slide it all the way through. The only problem was is that it wouldn't quite get over the seat, so it was sticking way out the far end. So I thought, well, it's sticking out too far in the back, so I'll just put it crossways in the back seat. And I put it in there, I slid it in, and I kind of noticed that it was a little bit far out. But I thought, all you need is a red flag on the end, and it's legal, right? So that's what I did. I put a little red flag on the end of that, and I got in the car, I started taking off. And I, I knew I was, this was my first stage of trouble, was... When I was getting ready to get out of the neighborhood, I hit one of the mailboxes on the side. But I thought, that's an easy way to take care of that. I'll just move the car more to like the middle of the road. And so I just kept on driving. Then I got on State Road 9, and I got on the slow lane in the right-hand lane, And I noticed a lot of people were looking at me, you know, and I thought it was because, you know, I was a godly man and they were, they were wanting to wave to me. So now I really got in trouble when I got on I-69 and I got on I-69, same reaction both times, like seriously. So I get on I-69, I'm in the slow lane, I'm only going 55, I got my blinkers on, and I've got my red flag on the end. Well, you know those red uh, road markers that are on the side that are reflectors? All of a sudden, I notice this ping, and it's like, what the heck's that? And I'm hitting these yellow things on the side, and I thought, well, I'll just take a little bit more of the road, so I just kind of scoot over a little bit. So I wasn't tinging them anymore. Well, I keep going and all of a sudden I look in my rear view mirror and these are red lights that are going on behind me. And uh, at that point I pulled over, but when I had to pull over, like I had to perfectly get it between two of the yellow, you know, mile markers. So I ping, 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 and then kind of, you know, got in there. And so uh, the police officer walks up and I rolled down the window and he's laughing like he's literally just laughing at me and he said well you know why I pulled you over right and you know like a dummy thinking I'm going to get out of this no I don't and uh, he said well we had some truck drivers on the radio telling us that there's an idiot with a ladder sticking out the side of his car and then we spotted you and i said okay and he said to be honest i don't know what the legal limit is off the side of the car i only know what the legal extension is off the back of the car So he goes back to his car, he gets his tape measure, he comes out, he comes over to the side. I'm standing outside at this point. He takes it all the way out and he goes, it's 10 feet off the side of the car. 
He says you're nine feet six inches over the legal limit. And like a fool, I said, but I have a red flag on the end, you know? And uh, then, if it wasn't foolish enough, I said, well, I'm just going to Muncie. Can I just get there? And he's like, no. He said, we're going to take this ladder out. And and then he said, no, 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 you're going to take this ladder out. And you're going to throw it on the side. And so I did. I drove back to uh, Muncie. And guess who I had to call? Steve-O, right? Steve-O, I need your truck. Why? Well, here's the situation. And so we had to go back and get the truck. Now, the ticket was $120, folks. I could have bought an extension ladder with $120. You know, I've spent... That happened 16 years ago, and I've spent... Many years of my life contemplating that story. Because the story is, is that you came to a crossroad and you had a decision. Were you going to go and be foolish or were you going to pick a path of wisdom? And the book of Proverbs that we're going to be studying throughout this entire fall often contrast a wise person and a foolish person. Now, I don't think it's any surprise that on that day, 16 years ago, I was a very foolish person. But you know what I remember on that day? I remember on that day saying to myself, I will be wiser next time. And for the past 16 years, if I've ever needed an extension ladder... Jennifer goes, don't even think about it. Have someone else bring the ladder to our house or pay for someone to go up and do something. And so I've become wiser the next time. Folks, let me ask you this morning. Have you ever taken a foolish path? Have you ever taken a foolish path? Have you ever experienced pain from a foolish choice? And then, have you ever come to that point where you're just like self-determined, that you're like, ah, but next time, I will be wiser. I know you have. Because for decades and decades, or, or for years and years, for the past decade, I have heard stories from people at this church who have come up and have talked to me. I remember one lady telling me, I should have never let him move into my house after knowing him for only three weeks. I'll be wiser next time. We should have dated for longer than three months before we got married. We'll be wiser next time. I should have counted to ten before I yelled at my seven-year-old daughter. I'll be wiser next time. I should have applied myself more diligently at work before I lost my job. I'll be wiser next time. I should have cut up those three credit cards when they came to me in the mail instead of charging them. I'll be wiser next time. And many of us in this church carry huge backpacks of regret 
Many of us, including myself, can look back over the course of time and we can see with 2020 hindsight that we willfully chose a foolish path. But we stayed on it. And then we paid a huge consequence. Only to utter the words, I'll be wiser the next time. Folks, if you get nothing out of this teaching this morning, I hope that you'll get this. That the book of Proverbs is God's gift to help us to be wiser the first time. That we actually become wiser the first time. The time before you put the ladder in the car and you have to pay the fine. The time before you get the, the time before you get the divorce. Wiser before the dismissal. Wiser before the DUI. Wiser before the bankruptcy. Wiser before the arrest. The gift of the book of Proverbs can keep us from paying huge consequences in every area of our lives as we simply choose a path of wisdom this time instead of the next time. So is anybody up for getting wiser over the next few weeks? Yeah. Well, here's a little background on the book of Proverbs. First of all, uh, the book of Proverbs uh, is written by a guy by the name of Solomon. Solomon was the son of King David, who was the uh, greatest king in the Old Testament. And Solomon was considered the wisest man to ever live. In fact, uh, when he was asked... Uh, by God, what would you like? He said, what I want is wisdom. Not money, not fame, not fortune. He said, I want wisdom. Now, there are a couple other people who wrote a few Proverbs, not very many. We know nothing about them except for their first name. But Solomon, out of the 31 Proverbs, he wrote most of them himself. Most of these Proverbs were written from this time period from 970 to 930 B.C. In other words, about a thousand years before Jesus comes on the scene, Solomon is writing most of these. There's a few that were written after that, but most of them are written within this time period. And the main purpose of this book of Proverbs is to help people attain wisdom, that you would attain wisdom and that you would prevent foolishness. So you want to attain wisdom and prevent foolishness. Now, Proverbs is not a list of a whole bunch of wise sayings that should be simply followed uh, rigidly. They're not rigid rules. Rather, they're like God's prescription for you to do life in the healthiest way. He writes these so that we can live a life the way that God designed it to work. You see, God is the designer. He's the planner. He's the architect of all things. And this book describes how your life will work better if you follow its wisdom. You might kind of think of it as a divinely guided kind of common sense book. Now, some verses in Proverbs are like poetry. 
When you read it, immediately it doesn't like smack you in the face. You're like, oh, I get that. But if with poetry, if you ever read it and you read it again and a second time and you read it a few more times, it kind of sneaks up on you. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that's good. Like that is some real wisdom. Oh, man, that's good. And then there are other verses in Proverbs that just like punch you right in the face. And I in particular, I need that from time to time. Now Proverbs is one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. In fact, my life verse, kind of a verse that I've memorized and I almost say it every single morning when I wake up is found in Proverbs. It's in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and it says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not upon your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And folks, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, God, I want to trust you today. And your ways are higher than my ways. And I am trusting that if I turn to you, rather than my own understanding, I turn to you, that you will make my path straight today. And I read through Proverbs regularly. In fact, I'm reading through it right now, and I was in chapter 4 today. And uh, I got to verse 23. You can read it for yourself. Chapter 4, verse 23. But it says this. It says um, that guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And I thought about that this morning. I was like, God, man, if if I just guarded my heart more. I would make choices that were your choices rather than the influence of other people. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Every time I read it, I I come up with these nuggets. And what I do, and I hope many of you will, I'm asking you to do this. I, I can't force you to do it, but I'm asking you. There's 31 Proverbs, and I'm asking you that each day during these next couple of months, that you'll pull out one chapter and you'll just read it. And that before you read it, you'll say, God, whatever you want me to know so that I can become wiser today, would you highlight that for me? And what I'll do is I'll circle whatever that little proverb is, because there's tons of them, but I'll just circle the one that seems to speak to me the most. And like today, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I was like, God, I, I want that in my life today. And so I hope you will. Now, I'm going to whet your appetite a little bit for this book uh, that we're going to look at over these next few weeks by looking at a passage that really is kind of the crux or kind of summarizes all of what Proverbs is about. It's in uh, verse 13. It'll come up on the side screens here. And I'd like us to read this all together uh, out loud. So let's read it together. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. The one who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. And so 
we're talking about wisdom, and there are like two key points, two theological kind of key thoughts in this book. And the first one is this, that wisdom must be pursued. That wisdom must be pursued. You can't bottle up wisdom and take a drink. Now I've got wisdom. You can't go to a fountain of wisdom. You can't walk through your day and sniff wisdom as it's blowing through. But what you have to do is that wisdom doesn't come by chance, but you have to pursue it. You've got to track it down. You've got to chase it. And the second key from this verse is this, that God's wisdom applied in a person's life will have a huge payoff. That God's wisdom, when it's applied daily, a person's life will lead to a huge payoff. There'll be a huge payoff. It's like a benefit. How many of you, when you get your paycheck at the uh, weekend or every two weeks or once a month, how many of you go, I really don't need this? And the thing is, is that God gives us wisdom, and sometimes that's all we're like. We're like, no, I'll go my own way. I'll take the ladder and I'll put it in the car. I'm good, God, right? You can grab hold of these two, and if you do, your life, what's it say at the very end? Your life will be greatly blessed. Now, let me meddle here just a little bit. Since the Colts don't play tomorrow, I can keep you a little bit longer. So let me meddle. I want to uh, keep it straight, and I just want to ask you this. Are you a person that pursues wisdom? Are you the person sitting in your seat? Don't compare yourself with anyone else. Are you pursuing wisdom? Verse 13 reads this way. It says, The person who searches diligently for wisdom and then finds it, good things happen to that person. It says that if you grab hold of it, that if you lay hold of it, you will be blessed. Over a dozen times in Proverbs it says, You have to pursue wisdom. You can't be passive about it. You can't stand on the sideline hoping that wisdom, that the play, is going to come to you. You have to go pursue what the play is. Because if you're passive about it, it never gets to you. Are you a person who pursues wisdom? I have uh, two friends uh, who are on Facebook. Two guy friends. And uh, I like both of these guys, good guys. But one of them, he is on Facebook like all the time. I mean, have you ever like got on and then all of a sudden you see like the last few entries? Like every single time I do that, he's on there. And I only check it like two or three times a week, try to write something. And, uh, and he's there. And he's always like, he's, he's asking questions that are very um, 
you know, confrontational. And he's always constantly posting things that people are like, really? Ugh, you know, and, uh, and he does this almost daily. Now, I have another friend. He's not on Facebook nearly as much. But when he posts things, they're meaningful. And he always sends me a little message of things. And it'll be something from what he read. Some meaningful book that he read. Some thoughts from it. A scripture verse. He, he sent me some things on fathering. How to become a better dad. Or he'll, he'll send something that's about inspir, uh, inspirational. Something that would inspire me. Now, here's the question. If you had to place a horse bet on these two guys, whose life is going to be in better shape ten years from now? You gotta place the bet. What would you place the bet on? Who would you place the bet on? Which one is pursuing wisdom? Well, Proverbs exposes a nasty little secret. That is in every single human being. It's in me. It's in every person here. And it's this. That we all carry within us a fascination for foolishness. Every single one of us carry a fascination within us for folly. We have a curiosity, a fascination with foolishness. Some of us more than others, but every human being has it. For example, why would millions and millions of educated people spend money 20 years ago to go watch this film? <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Like the title enough should let you know it's not a wise investment. Right? I was one of those, okay? And I've seen it multiple times. Now, listen to this. That, that wasn't good enough, so this November, they're coming back, right? With Dumb and Dumber 2. Like if you weren't, you know, foolish enough the first time, we're going to come back 20 years and see if you've done that. Now, how many of you are going to watch that? Yeah, the rest of you are liars, right? Yeah. Think about this. Why would millions and millions and millions of people come to Las Vegas each year, gamble money that they don't have, and eat and drink in destructive ways? Why? Why do people watch Jerry Springer? Why do people listen to talk radio? Why would anyone root for the Chicago Cubs? I know there was one guy that really, I thought he was coming on the stage. I mean, his face started turning red for celebration. It's foolishness, though. It's folly. The writer of Proverbs says that we have a fascination, a curiosity with foolishness. And then Solomon says... You better not get hooked by foolishness. You better learn to turn away, to walk away, to flee from it. You better remove yourself from every kind of foolishness. In fact, if you don't, you're headed down a destructive road. And if you hang around people who are foolish, folks, 
I just want to ask you, do you think more of them rubs off on you or do more of you rub off on them? Nine times out of ten, when I've seen people have some pain in their life, it was always because they got around other people who were foolish. Instead, Solomon says, pursue wisdom. Set your sight on it. Go after it. Sign up for it. Arrange your relational world around it that you would be with wisdom seekers. And if you do that, you'll never regret it. And as you do that, you'll learn to understand that God's wisdom applied daily will lead to a huge payoff. Well, let me reread some of the scriptures that we looked at earlier because they're cool, they're poetic. But in verse 16, it gives us this. It says, long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. In In other words, good things come to you when you're on this path of wisdom. Her ways are pleasant ways, and her paths are peace. If I were to take a a microphone and we went around the room, and I ask each one of you to describe one of the foolish times in your life, you know what? I guarantee there would be two words that would not be a part of your story. Pleasant and peace. And in the same light, if we took a microphone and we went around and I asked you to talk about a time where you were wise, where you were headed down the right path, I have a feeling, almost to a T, all of you would say there was a sense of pleasantness. I saw that it was right. It was good. I went for it. And there was a sense of peace. Folks, I've done foolish things. I've done some wise things. And this is what I've learned. When I'm living with wisdom, I go to bed at night and I sleep like a baby. I don't have any angst. I don't have any worries. I don't freak out about anything. But when it's foolishness that I'm living, when I go to bed at night, I hear a whisper that says, Chris, this is not what you want to do. It's not going to work out the way that you think it's going to work. Verse 18 says, if you are on a path, it is a tree of life. You feel like there's something that's growing, renewing. It's wisdom's path. And it says, if you embrace her, those who lay hold of her will be, what's it say? You'll be blessed. God's favor falls on people who are following a wisdom path. Now, the author of Proverbs, and I want to be clear about this, does not say that wisdom seekers have a trouble-free life. That's one of the uh, fallacies of uh, the Christian walk, is that people are like, well, once I become a Christian, everything should just be perfect. It doesn't say that. He never makes a promise, either, that blessings will flow upon you overnight. But he simply says... That people who take a path of wisdom, over time, your peace increases, your stress decreases, and you have the awareness of God who is smiling, smiling upon you saying, I'm going to give you a blessed life. You feel secure. You feel protected in wisdom. Now, next month, we're going to celebrate our 10th anniversary as a church on October 26th. So you need to put it on your calendar, invite friends, family to be there. 
But over these 10 years, I have received many emails and phone calls and times in which I've counseled people in my office, when I've prayed with people up here. And they'll share with me foolish paths that they've been on. And I'm so grateful when they first come to me and they share something that's foolish because I'm grateful that they feel open and free and they want to be transparent. And I'm like, way to go. That's the kind of church we want to be, where we're accepted and loved and we're open, even with the things that are foolish in our life. And some people will tell me about the foolishness that they've done in their marriage or foolishness in parenting or foolishness in school or work or finances or their health habits. And when they tell me this, I always just like cringe because I know the next thing, after they get it off, then they're going to tell me about all the pain and all the hurt and all the consequences that they have because of those choices. And some of you who are sitting there, you have devastated your life because of a curiosity with foolishness. Some of you have wrecked a marriage or two. Some of you have damaged your kids. Some of you have created financial holes so deep that you don't know if you'll ever get out of it in your lifetime. And when these people will share these things, I feel so bad about the consequences and the pain and the hurt that they're experiencing. And so I've been thinking about it and praying about it as we develop the series, is that I think what God is telling me, and I think what He is encouraging you to do as well, is that we need to re-enroll in the school of wisdom. That we need to take, not just a week, because wisdom takes a long time to gain, but we need multiple weeks where we become wiser as a church. And we need to re-enroll in this path of wisdom. You know, all of our kids and our grandkids, they just re-enrolled, right, in school over the last month. My oldest daughter did. She's been to the principal three times in the last month for smoking in the girls' bathroom. (laughs) Just like her mother. Not really. Jordan didn't get caught, but (laughs) just keeping it real, honey, just keeping it real. But I started thinking, like, in all seriousness, what if 250 adults and what if 50 kids that were up in Jar Kids, what if we all just said we're going to re-enroll in wisdom over this fall? I mean, I wonder how many relationships would be mended? How many jobs could be saved? How many lives could be turned around if we simply re-enrolled in a school of wisdom? I mean, I think God would do amazing things, not only in our church, but in each individual life that's here. And I'm asking you, that's all I can do, I'm just asking you that each Sunday during this fall that you'll be here. Because you want to get wiser. And I can't 
force any of that, but I'm just asking you that when you miss a Sunday, you miss some wisdom. And I hope that you'll make that commitment. Well, last thing before we wrap up, and it's this, that between Sunday and Sunday, we have some wisdom opportunities here at the JAR. The first one we mentioned right at the beginning is our first steps with Chris. So if you've never, if you're like, I'm just here for the first time, I don't know, or I've been here for a few Sundays, but I'm just checking this out, it would be wise for you to go and figure out what is this church about, what is their story, what are they passionate about, so that I can be a part of this thing. It would be wise for you to do that. The second thing is our next steps class, which is next week. Some of you are in a process where you know about Jesus, you just don't have a personal relationship with him. And this is a class for people who are there. They're exploring. They don't know. They have some questions. They might have a little skepticism. And we love that here at the JAR. That's why we started this place to begin with, so that people could come and ask questions and it would be a safe place. But some of you need an injection of wisdom. You've been kicking the tires, you've been walking around it, but you haven't got in to drive the car yet. And maybe that class would be that injection of wisdom. And I'm asking you, can you pursue it? Would you sign up for it? Would you take the risk? Small groups. If you want to grow within your life, you need to be a part of a group. People can grow individually, but they don't grow as much. And if you could grow more, why would you be foolish and just keep on coming on Sunday and I'm there and I'm serving? Why wouldn't you be a part of a group that would encourage you? You could learn about Jesus during the week. It only happens two times a month. Our groups meet, but you can learn about him in the Bible. It's our growth engine to be a part of a small group. So you could sign up today. You could just say, you know what? I'm going to try for this fall, six kind of times. And then after that, if it's not there, fine. But maybe after those six times, you'd be like, man, I never knew it could be such a growing experience and I could become wiser. Fourth, and this is kind of a sensitive one, but I want to ask you, For some of you, are you drinking too much? Are you using prescription pain pills in a way that, I don't know. Do you kind of have maybe a low-grade addiction? Maybe it's to gambling. Maybe it's to pornography. No one knows, but you know. Maybe you struggle with a food addiction. You overeat. You comfort yourself until you eat when you do that? Or maybe your issue is that you're such a low self-esteem that you don't look, you don't think you look good and so sometimes you fall into anorexia or bulimia. Maybe you battle depression. Maybe you have some anxiety disorders. Maybe what your struggle is is anger. And no one would ever know that you're an angry person. But when you go into your house 
Every once in a while, there's a fit of rage that comes out, and it's foolishness. But you just can't seem to control it. Whatever your hurt, whatever your habit, whatever your hang-up is, there's a way that you can find some healing and support, and it's through our Celebrate Recovery that happens on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock on Thursday nights. Every Thursday night, they're here. And people aren't going to be sitting there going, oh, okay, you got some issues over there. No, they're going to be like, welcome. Let's do this. Let's get better together. Let's get better together. And today I was just thinking that some of you, you want freedom so badly. You do. You'd like to be able to go to bed at night and feel at peace. You'd like to wake up the next day and feel excited about what's going on in your life. But you're not there. And I'm telling you, celebrate recovery. It helps change its lives. Some of you today should just say, no more foolishness. I'm just not going to do it. We have a women's retreat coming up October 10th and 11th. If you're a woman and you're sitting in a chair today, I don't know why you wouldn't sign up today. It doesn't make sense to me why you would not do it. Because I have a feeling that all of you would say, I want to grow as a mom. If you're a mom, I want to grow in my relationship to my husband. Whatever that is. And you could go and you could grow. There's a partner class that's coming up. Some of you have been sitting in chairs and listening and maybe even serving on Sunday. But you've never just said, I'm in. And on the 19th of October, you could say that. You could say, I'm in. And be a part of that. And the last kind of wisdom growing opportunity. Next week, we're going to have a mission trip kind of informational meeting. We're sending a team uh, in November to Appalachia, to some of the poorest people in our country. And every time I've been on a mission trip, I get wiser because it gives me more perspective. And I'm not just thinking about myself. I'm trying to think outside to who I can serve. And so I really would encourage you, take one of these wisdom opportunities and go for it. Don't do what I did. Don't listen to Steve-O and then go, Steve-O, I don't think I need your help. I can do all of this on my own. I do not need your help. I can put the ladder in by myself. Because this week I was reading in Proverbs 13, 13, and it could never be more true. This is what it says. If you refuse good advice, you are asking for trouble. And some of you now, we've given you some wisdom, and it's your choice. And are you ready to pursue it? See, you were so much more excited earlier on, you know. Now when you have to, like, decide, are you ready for it? Well, let's stand for closing prayer. I'll invite our uh, prayer team to come up. If you'd like prayer for anything, they'd love to pray for you. And I mean, seriously, don't you think it would be awesome if you were like wiser 11 weeks from now than you are today? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That sounded weak like everyone else, but we're getting there. Now listen, next week you don't want to miss. 
because Chuck Mock, who does Celebrate Recovery, and myself, we're doing a team teaching on words, how we become wiser in our words. And so if there's some jerks at your workplace who don't use their words very wisely, take that card and invite them. Say, come on. And you can do that. And first steps with Chris. You just go down this hall to the left. You'll be done in 15 minutes and we'll be good. Now, throughout this series, uh, we are going to uh, have a benediction at the end. A benediction is simply a word that means blessing. And we're all going to read it together. And I was thinking about uh, who would lead this because we're going to have different people each week. And I was thinking of probably the wisest person I know, my dad, John Bunch. So, uh, Dad, why don't you come up here right now? And he will lead us in a benediction that will come up on the side screens, and uh, you can read it out loud together. Please join me and let us uh, prayerfully share this together and let it become a part of our lives. Here we stand, united by God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We confess that we have depended on our own insights and hope that it would be enough. God, in this moment, help us put that way of thinking to rest. Guide our community as we practice what has been instilled in us today. We ask for your divine wisdom to teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have a great week this week, and remember, you're always loved in this place.